0: Back to the second hour of the Restaurant Show. Every Saturday, 3 to 5. Every Sunday, 10 o'clock until noon. Um, uh, Studio show today up until 5. Studio show tomorrow from 10 o'clock until noon. Yes, you are more than welcome to give me a call if you'd like. 303-696-1971. Coming up this Wednesday is our book club get-together at the View House. Not only do we have a book that we discuss, stimulating conversation. We generally have an author. But I'm finishing up a book. I also bring books. I get so many books from publishers, uh, publicists, publishers and um, other individuals that we've got about 15, 16 people that come to this. If it's nicely in a private room at the View House, you're still welcome to come. We'd love to have you. And then I've got about, I'll bet you I've got 15 to 20 books that I just bring and pass out. And I put them on the table, and you can take as one or two or as many as you want. And uh, so there's not a lot of book clubs that give you books that you can then take home, read, and keep. Um, I don't know if I have it finished by this Wednesday, but a couple of listeners, Mike and Terry, two sweet people, wonderful, wonderful people, um, sent me a book called Savage Harvest. And it's by Carl Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N. And it's the story of the 1961 disappearance of Michael Rockefeller. Michael Rockefeller was one of the children of Nelson Rockefeller. He was the governor of New York at the time, ran for president, I believe, three times, and wound up eventually becoming the vice president of the United States under Gerald Ford, and was one of, if not the richest people in the 50s and 60s in the United States. He's a big benefactor of the Museum of Art in New York, but he wanted to have a museum of primitive art. And this is art that was from people, indigenous people, that lived in places like Papua New Guinea, maybe in the Amazon, stuff that you just couldn't get. And his son went to Papua New Guinea. He just graduated from Harvard and um, was there for a while and eventually disappeared and was never heard of again. Uh, Papua New Guinea, the natives down there were well known for being head hunters, for being cannibals. When they killed their enemy, they ate them. And uh, anyway, it's a fascinating account, obviously true, and it talks about the author and some other people going back much, much later um, to see if they could unravel the story of the disappearance of Michael Rockefeller. So uh, I'll certainly be bringing the book to the book club. Whether or not I'll be finished and giving it away, I don't know. But uh, anyway – don't you just love to eat? Don't you just love what you get out of it? All right, 303 696 1971. I need your help. I'll talk about it when we come back on the restaurant show. But every 15 minutes after 4 o'clock, I'll be with you up until 5 o'clock here on the restaurant show. Turn it over to Randy Corcoran. Um, last Some February, many of you listen, many of you are regulars, uh, many of you drift in and out. But I said that I was going to take a little road trip. My daughter and son-in-law live in Santa Barbara, and uh, they invited me out. And I don't know about you, but I never get to spend as much time as I would like with them. So I loaded Bailey, the Mexican street dog, in the car, and I said, I'm going to take a little road trip. And I went down to – I took I-25 south. And I went to Fort Union. I had never stopped at Fort Union, just south of Raton. And then I kept going, and I went to Pecos National Park. And then I went over to, um, I went over and had the Laguna Burger on the west, the road going west. And I stood on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, and I went to see the Meteor Crater, which is eight miles off the freeway. And I had passed it, and I said, you know, it sounds fascinating, but you know you're going 90 miles an hour, and you're trying to make time. Fascinating. Then I went to Flagstaff, home of Northern Arizona University, and the original Salsa Brava, which gave Randy Price of the Salsa Brava, here's the idea, when he was at Northern Arizona University. And then I cut south. I shouldn't say that. I continued west into Kingman Found a great one of those old soda fountain. I had a root beer float that on a 10 scale was a solid 12. I mean, it was great. And then we were on the old Route 66. We survived 197 curves out of Kingman up to Oatman, where the donkeys, the burros run wild right in the middle of the old west town, went down to Lake Havasu City, and I skied on the lake and Lake Havasu and Colorado River, but I'd, I hadn't been there since the London Bridge was installed, visited Jack Billups, author of two books, both of which I have voiced, and then I went into California, the southern route, and I went up through Imperial County and the sand dunes there. Did you know they have monster sand dunes way down near the, near the Mexico border? And up to uh, the Salton Sea, um, went to Bombay Beach, which was set up to be like a Las Vegas, stayed in La Quinta for a couple days, up to Santa Barbara, spent time with my daughter and son-in-law, and then I drove back through Utah, went to Zion National Park, Arches National Park, went down to Moab, the bicycle capital of Utah, maybe of the western United States, had a ball. Well, they've invited me out again in February. So the shows will go on, but I'm going to take a driving trip. And this time, I'm going to go 70 west. And sure, I've driven that. You drive out. You cut down to Mesquite. You cut down to Las Vegas. But I'm going to go through Grand Junction. I'm going to go to Green River, Utah. Then I'm going to cut across. I'm going to follow the old... Pony Express route. I need your help. It's going to be a nice road trip. John, fire up the car for me. Will you do that for me? And now it's time for a new feature on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show, where we talk about restaurants, movies, books, sports, and travel. On the road again.
1: Just
0: can't wait to get on the road. That's right. We all like to travel, and road trips, local, regional, on less than a tank of gas, are the best. Brought to you by Castle Rock Autoplex, where, whether new or used, you can have your choice of Chevys, Fords, Jeeps, and more. So let's hit the road with Mike. All right, so when I follow the Pony Express route, then I'm going to begin to drop south on 95. I'm going to go down to Tonopah. I've been from Tucson to Tucumcari, Tehachapi to Tonopah, driven every kind of rig that's ever been. You remember that song. Great song. I didn't do it very much justice there. But um, got through Death Valley into Tehachapi and go into Santa Barbara that way. I'm going to come back the southern route. But I thought maybe when I leave and I drive the southern route, I'll go into Arizona. I'll go down through Tucson, New Mexico, western Texas. Might even stop in Wheeler, Texas, because the listener suggested a Mexican restaurant that's up in the panhandle. And I just thought that since we are a team here, since we are a collaborative effort, maybe you've got some places. I was talking to a guy. He said, you know, I'm going to take a little road trip And all your talk about Jerome, Arizona, Clarksdale, Arizona, inspired us. My wife and I, we're going to go through there. We're going to check them out. Prescott, not Prescott, Prescott, Arizona. And when I drove my daughter around the country, you told me places to go, things to see, restaurants to visit, meals to eat. And I would like you to help me out on that for a little bit of a road trip in February. Shows are going to be going on. They're going to be stimulating. They're going to be – you're going to be on the edge of your seats wondering where I am and what I am doing. So uh, if you want to send me an email, mike at com. If you go to my website, com, you can click on the contact. It's got my cell number. You can call me. You can. I answer the phone. And you can send me a text. You can do whatever you would like to do all right so let's take a break this is the restaurant travel movies books whatever we feel like talking about show we're going to talk with a guy named oso eskin e-s-k-i-n got a new book out we've had him on with his two previous efforts they're very very good and the new one has just come out and we're going to talk about fire trap on the mike boyle restaurant show All right, welcome back to the Mike Borrell Restaurant Show, where we talk about restaurants, travel, movies, books, sports, whatever I feel like talking about. We're going to welcome back my next guest. His name is Otho Eskin, and he writes the Marco Zorn novels. Marco Zorn is a homicide detective on the Washington, D.C. Police Department. You know what? My first question to my guest is going to be one that I'm sure that he can address. He's an attorney in Washington D.C. Otho, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Marco Zorn book.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back with you.
0: All right. So, what is it about Washington D.C., the swamp, as the Donald would call it, the cesspool? as many others would call it, that make it such an incredibly rich target environment for scumbags that need to be addressed by people like Marco Zorn. What is it about the District of Columbia?
2: Well, of course, that's been my home <laughs> you're, you're talking about. But, yes, you're quite right. Uh, what I see is two cities, two, a uh, city of the, the monuments, the, the uh, official uh, business going on, the Capitol, the uh, Congress, the Supreme Court, and all the be- beautiful museums that, uh, in, clad in white marble and limestone. And there's another whole city there, right on, in, in mixed in. Some of it in the, in the slums, but some of the crime is in these beautiful new uh, government buildings. And I like that contrast. Uh, Marco Zorn, at one point, describes Washington as a whitened sepulcher, I meaning on the outside, beautiful, shiny, gleaming, and inside, full of corruption and death. And that is kind of my approach to the city. The, Washington is a character in my books. Uh, you see all kinds of uh, 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 aspects of the city, both the good and the bad. And the familiar people, the parts of Washington that the tourists sees and is shown in the tourist mobiles and the part that people sort of don't talk about. And I try to give you know, Washington that kind of complex character. I've lived here almost all my life, and I know the city very well. And it, and most parts of it are, are, are real to me. And Marco Zorn... My protagonist, the homicide detector, knows both sides. In fact, he lives in both sides. He yeah. he lives in the um, law and order police side, where you know, criminals are, are are tracked and and punished. And he also lives in the world where the where the, uh, the criminals operate and function. And uh, and he feels actually quite comfortable in both both cities, both, both worlds of Washington. So, so you're, you're quite right. I try to create an impression, particularly for people who don't know Washington, may have been here just as a tourist sometimes, mm-hmm. but I got a feel for the, for the city, what it's like to live here, what it's like to live among these monuments, and also to be aware, as you read the paper every morning, about the killings that are going on, mm-hmm. so I, and not to mention the corruption and the violence in in, in in Congress and in the whole White House and uh, throughout throughout the government. So I, it's this, this double world that I try to capture, and I, I hope I have uh, been able to do that in part.
0: You know what? You can go to Washington DC. I I actually was born in Washington DC, Otho. I was oh, really? born in the real <laughs> congratulations. I was born in the real Walter Reed Army Hospital. Yes, I
2: I know Walter Reed. Yes, that's moved the building you were probably born in is lonesome and torn down and moved. Yeah. But yes, I know that that area very well.
0: But, you know, what What you say is so important. You can stay across the Key Bridge and walk across the bridge into Georgetown and wonderful restaurants. And you can walk across the Potomac and you can see the Lincoln Memorial and you can see the Capitol and you can look up names of people that perhaps you served with on the Vietnam Wall. And right. but. You wander three blocks off course and things may not go quite so well for you, and that's what Washington, D.C. is. One of the, one of the endorsements of Otho Eskin and his Marco Zor novels comes from a friend of the show who's been on many, many times. He's appeared at my restaurant show book club, Steve Barry. Oh, yeah. Rough and ragged is the world it so vividly creates. I'll tell you what, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful endorsement. So give us a brief recap of what Marco Zorn has got himself into this time.
2: And this time he's gotten himself in, into uh, illegal drugs. Uh, not him personally, he doesn't take them, but he, he's informed that a, a, a very dangerous illegal drug is being circulated in the slums or in the poor parts of Washington and will soon spread throughout the city and he's asked by a, a person who who is in fact a drug dealer to to, to stop this drug it is so dangerous so we're much worse <clears throat> than any other drug that they've ever faced and um, Marco Zorn undertakes to do this um, and he, it tracks the drug down and finds out it's being manufactured by a uh, big pharma corporation um, and run by two psychopathic twin brothers uh, mm-hmm. quite elderly brothers indeed and he so his the, the, the general plot is that Marco Zorn finds out about the drug and undertakes to to stop the sale of the drug and to um, and put it in, to stop this uh, big pharma corporation. I won't tell you how it turns out, because I don't want don't to wanna spoil the ending. But, yes, <laughs> that's that's
0: the thing. I know how it turns out, because I've read the book, and you know, as yeah. other authors do, I always read the book before the author goes on the air. Folks, his oh, first mark for you. Thank you. And you know what I found? That the majority of authors really appreciate that. Some Uh, would prefer to go with the publicist's list of 10 questions, but uh, you know what? His first Marco Zorn book was The Reflecting Pool, then came Headshot, and now Fire Trap. And I'm going to tell you, listeners, they all stand alone, and Otho is probably going to disagree with this, because he really wants Fire Trap to go flying off the shelves. But you know what? I think that... My advice would be to pick up all three. How's that for a good save, Otho? Yeah,
2: well, God, I endorse that recommendation 100%.
0: <laughs> I, figured, I figured you would. Pick up all three, The Reflecting Pool, Headshot, and Fire Trap by Otho Eskin. And you, because I'm just a believer that characters and their lives and their circumstances develop. And I think that that's worked. I, I You know what? I asked Michael Conley one mm-hmm. time, is there a Harry Bosch on the LAPD? And I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Conley and his book. Absolutely, yes, of course. And he said, I'll never forget this answer. There's a lot of them that think they are. And is a great answer. Is there a Marco Zorn on the Washington D.C. Metro Police Department? Um, not
2: not for long. He's a troublemaker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And. And he would soon be they they'd fire him or they'd send him out and do um um uh, a traffic patrol or, or I was just school. gonna say
0: he'd be issuing traffic tickets in Fitchburg, Tennessee, or something like that
2: that's right yeah absolutely no but he's a, he does not like authority he's insubordinate and he gets and in washington D.C. maybe maybe that's why maybe another.
0: that's maybe that's why I identify with him <laughs> I struggle <laughs> yeah, with authority go ahead wanna go
2: ahead. So he, he he's he's insubordinate. He can be really rude to ha- senior people, and in the government, this is a hierarchical society. And you offend somebody who's high up in the government, and they uh, get re- resented, and they they, t- they try to get rid of you. And the p- people, the senior people in the government, are constantly trying to dump uh, Marco Zorn because they've been offended but that he doesn't show proper respect. Yeah. And obedience, but yeah. he doesn't. He can't. It's just not in his character. And so uh, he has, to, fortunately, he has uh, some of the senior officers in the police department know he's a very good at his job and protect him. But you can't count on that in, in the real world.
0: No, and, and you know what? They protect him. They protect him because it makes their clearance, crime, num- crime clearance numbers look. Good. That's it's right. The way right. of the world. Exactly. Well, well, it's called Fire Trap, and it is the third—not in a series, but the third Marco Zorn novel. The author's right. name is Otho O T H O Esken E S K I N Otho. I've never met you in person. But you are the second Otho I have known in my oh, life. I loved the first one. He was, uh, I've never fir- met another Otho. The, well, the first one, he was a baker, and he was a tremendously talented baker. And I think you're a tremendously talented writer, so you both speak very well of the name Otho. I'm going to go ahead and let you go. His name is uh, Otho Eskin. The book is Firetrap. Otho, thanks for joining me, and we'll have you back on when number four comes out. Thank you very much. Let's take a break on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. All right, 439 is the time. I want to thank those two for spending a little bit of time with us. You know, I really do enjoy his books. They're easy reading. And for those of us that are a bit um, contrary, a bit um, maybe iconoclastic, uh, I like Marco Zorn because you know what, he's just interested in catching bad guys and solving crimes, and he really doesn't do so well with the power structure of the um, alphabet agencies that he comes in contact with on the D.C. Metro Police Department. Uh, so anyway, I think they're very good. I got a couple emails here. Could you please make sure that you post the names? I will respond to these emails with the name Otho Eskin and his three books. Um, He came out with The Reflecting Pool, The Headshot, and then The Fire Trap. So uh, all very, very good. Uh, Speaking about other things besides restaurants, I watched the last two episodes of Season 2 of Reacher. And Reacher, of course, these are based on the the Child novels, and one of them was originally picked up and turned into a movie starring Tom Cruise. Uh, I think Tom Cruise did a fine job. I think Tom Cruise is a good actor. I enjoy watching Tom Cruise. I liked him as Maverick. Uh, I liked him as Maverick uh, 2. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy him. But I just didn't think he was Reacher because in the books – Reacher is a big guy. He's 6'5, 250. Well, that's not Tom Cruise. And uh, I'm closer to 6'5, 250 than Tom Cruise is. And so, anyway, when they decided to cut the TV series, made season one, they, and, and I can't even, rem- matter of fact, if I ever knew it, I don't know the name of the actor that plays Reacher. I almost said Tom Cruise plays Reacher but he does a really very good job and you can tell he's just a big strong muscular guy and he's got a little bit of that contrarian attitude about him that uh, uh, you know he's solving crimes in the Army's CID criminal investigation division and uh, but you know he gets sideways with some higher-ups it's easy to do in the military and uh, he winds up just kind of drifting around and finding problems. Well, that was season one. Season two came out, and I really enjoy it. But I will tell you this: there are some movies, and some, and I'm not talking about computer generated. I'm talking about some movies where there is just the most unbelievable amount of shooting and and fights and stabbings and things blowing up and you know what that was reacher like i said i watched the first six episodes and then i watched the last two when i got back i watched those last night and um it was good i enjoyed it i mean it's good mindless whatever but um It's a lot – I mean, it makes some of those – you know, remember when um, Mission Impossible first came out? Well, they just seem to have – what are we on now about Mission Impossible 7, something like that? They just continue to ramp it up and ramp it up and ramp it up, and the series goes and you say, I don't know. Well, there's a scene in the final Reacher of Season 2 – where he does something that is so either unbelievably brave, athletic, difficult, that 99.999% of the people would say, no way. But I enjoyed it, so there's that. Also, there's three movies that I want to see. I have seen none of them yet. The first was Oppenheimer. I thought I'd like to see the story of the Atomic Bomb. I think I know a little bit about it. I'm a history buff. But I didn't want to go sit at a movie theater for three hours. And, you know, with preview, I mean, it's a four-hour deal. I read an article about it recently. And so I thought I'd wait for it to come to television because, you know, you can watch half of it tonight and you can go to bed and you can watch the other half tomorrow night, whatever you want to do. Or you can start it, watch the whole thing, but at least if you have to stop it and go to the bathroom, you can do that. So I haven't seen that yet. I want to see Killers of the Flower Moon. That's the DiCaprio movie, Martin Scorsese. Um, I read the book. I had the author, David Grant, on the air. It's really a great, true, historical story about the Osage Indians down in Oklahoma, Finding oil on their reservation and what transpired after that. Uh, the book was terrific. I'd like to see the movie. It's three hours and twenty six minutes long, so I am waiting for that to come to television. Oppenheimer is available at the seven dollar six ninety nine seven ninety nine price. I can live with that. When they first come to television, they're twenty dollars to rent. So Killers of the Flower Moon is still at 20 bucks. Maybe I should check them now that I've been gone a week in Mexico. But I'm going to wait for that to get down to the $7 figure. And now I see that Boys in the Boat, the book was absolutely terrific. It's a true story. It's a true story about our Olympic rowers in Berlin In the 1936 Olympics. And of course, remember in 1936, that was the year that Jesse Owens won, what was it, four gold medals in the Berlin Olympics. And of course, Hitler is in the stands, and he's very much into the Aryan race, the Aryan race is superior, and we've got all, we've got guys like Jesse Owens winning all these gold medals against his super Aryan race. So uh, I want to see that movie, but I checked it out. I happened to see a commercial that said now available in digital. And uh, it said that um, it's still 20 bucks. So I'm going to wait a little bit. um, um, I'm going to wait for that to come out. All right. I want to thank the listeners that emailed. Alan. Richson Richson R I T C H S O N that's the actor that plays Reacher all right so like I say we're always a collaborative effort here I want to thank uh I want to thank the listener for getting that um, to me okay all right so let's do this uh, you know I've uh, been getting a lot of text messages I've been trying to share some of them with you let's do this we're going to take a final break here in just a couple minutes and when we come back We'll come with Randy Corporan. He's coming up at 5 o'clock, and um, um, we can find out what he has. You know, I will tell you something. Not only do I love Mexico on a regular basis, the people, the culture, the colors, the music, the beaches. I really loved it last week. When I left on the 10th, came back on the 17th, 30 people, wonderful group of listeners. And that weather was absolutely horrible the whole time I was gone. But I'll tell you something else. I really enjoy a week with 30 people who are obviously intelligent people, well-informed people, and... Pay attention to the news, but they're not necessarily there's a couple that border on it, but there's not many that are news junkies. And I'm just gonna tell you something. A week talking about just about everything other than politics in the United States made that vacation worthwhile. Hey, you know, I, I don't know why I published this. Um but I made up my mind a number of years ago. I've told the story. I don't need to recount it now. But when I get on an airplane, travel is hard enough. So when I drive to the airport, I park on the airport property. I park in the covered parking. Yes, it's more expensive than the uncovered. Yes, it's certainly more expensive than the off-property parking spaces there you get a shuttle onto the property i have tsa pre which gets me through in premier access but i like to sit in the front of the aircraft front of the aircraft back of the church it works for me and with that service comes a meal and we all kind of remember the table side service that we got on airlines years ago in the white glove And then they became like a travel, uh, like a flight attendant told me one time, and I had her on the air. She said, I started traveling in the golden age of travel where we treated everybody like they were in first class. I retired 25 years later when we treated everybody like they were on a Greyhound bus. But I get a meal. You know what they were serving? Asian noodle salad with sesame and sunflower seeds served with an optional side of garlic ginger beef. Another meal was the braised smoked brisket with mashed potatoes, spinach, and Swiss chard. A four-cheese skillet burger with caramelized onion and jalapeno served with a side of crinkle-cut fries. There were a couple others, but uh, you know what? Sometimes it's just kind of fun to spoil ourselves. Let's take a break and we come back to wrap up the All right, Doctor, best love, best love, night. Right the city it. of New Orleans. All right, coming up at five o'clock is Randy Corcoran. And um, let's find out what Randy's got going on today. Randy, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me.
1: Mike, it's always such a pleasure. How are you, sir?
0: I'm having a great day. Randy, I want you to know that I just got back from uh, Cabo. I don't know if you heard the story. Left on the 10th with 30 wonderful listeners, 35 degrees. We got back on the 17th, 30 wonderful listeners, 40 degrees. But every day in between, it was like hell on earth here in Colorado, and we missed it. But as much as that sounds appealing, the beach, the ocean, the sunsets, the whale watching, I don't think you should go on a trip with us, because we have 30, 40, 50 people, wonderful people, retired, working, good jobs, retired executives, veterans, but we spend an entire week – I'm not going to tell you that they maybe don't watch a little bit of Fox News in their room. But it's not a topic of conversation at every breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's not available every evening for conversation at 6 o'clock when I host a cocktail party. And, Randy, I'm just thinking that if you were to go with us and experience that, you'd come back and need therapy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you, man. I have sort of structured a life (laughs) that uh, is quite focused on trying to save the day. And uh, I am in
0: and I don't want you to I don't want you to think that we're not interested, we're not involved, we don't vote, we don't volunteer at uh, the ballot box and all of that type of stuff and of course, I mentioned my political leanings um quite often and quite vocally on the show but so i'm just I'm just having a little bit of fun with you. you know that right you can take joke.
1: absolutely, and you know I have my greatest amount of peace, no politics on the Harley. Um, flying in an airplane, sitting on a beach. So I can turn it off. But, man, why would you? 2024 is already on fire.
0: And and you know what? I work out. I get a good night's sleep. I try to eat right because I don't want to miss it, Randy. I want to see what the heck 2024 is going to hold in store. And I love when Tim Scott endorses Donald Trump. But he says in his endorsement speech, we need somebody that will unify the country. You know what? Every politician uses that term, and we are never – this is one of the reasons I respect Dennis Prager. He said we have different divisions, different interest segments in this country, We're, but, but I think that we need the common denominator of country first.
1: Well, I certainly don't argue with that. But, you know, the bottom line and people need to remember this, it's the radical left that creates the chaos and lights everything on fire. People like you and I would be willing to live peacefully alongside other people who have different views, different lifestyles, as long as they don't try and shove it down our throat every second or cut pieces off of their children.
0: Yep, no question. So what do you got coming up at 5 o'clock, Randy?
1: Man, I don't even know where to start. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting lit up because uh, next Tuesday is our preliminary injunction hearing. I'll be representing the Colorado State GOP along with John Eastman to try and put a temporary halt on the semi-open primary right here in Colorado. And so, you know, anytime you're heading into court battle, you start getting your game face on, and I'm feeling it. I'm very excited about this one.
0: Well, I'm glad that we've got you on our side. Anything else you're going to be talking about, or should I just go ahead and hand <laughs> over to you?
1: I know. No, I just, uh, you, did you hear Don uh, Ron DeSantis has canceled his Sunday morning show appearances? I wonder what no, that, I, yeah, yeah, just breaking news, and uh, so I'll explore that a little bit, see if I can learn more about why Maybe sick, but it seems pretty precipitous when we're two days away from the New Hampshire primary. And then this this whole thing about Alec Baldwin finally getting charged for the death of uh, of this filmmaker, I think, is worthy of some exploration as well.
0: Okay. and that's just the first
1: segment, just the first segment, Mike.
0: Yeah, that's the first 10 minutes or so, and then he's got a three-hour show, so tune in. And, folks, if he doesn't find out about DeSantis canceling tomorrow, I guarantee you that some of our other fine hosts like Brockler or Sangenberger or somebody will cover it going into next week. Folks, that wraps it up for today. The out song is Zach Brown's toes. I got my toes in the water my butt in the sand. Not a worry in the world, a cold beer in my hand. That was me last week. But anyway, as he says, adios and vaya con dios. Goodbye, go with God, have a great rest of your day. I'll be back tomorrow with another show from 10 o'clock until noon. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is the Restaurant Show on News Talk 710, KNUS. And as he wraps up the song, he says...
2: Life is good today. Life is a good day. I I'm